All right, there we go. And I am too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the outer rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me today is Mr. Joe Cahill. Joe, how are you today, sir? I am up and around, which is always a good thing, I think. That is. That is. my. Uh, I uh, have some friends that say it's always to be better to be above the ground than below it, so... And I've come to to being below it way too many times the last few years. So I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, uh, I think we should just get straight into today's topic. And we are going to be doing a short little series. Um, we're con- kind of continuing our look through the movies and talking about the movies and we're going to be doing right now a series on the standalone films, the Star Wars stories, as they were called. We're going to be talking about um, just our thoughts on the, on them and why we think that in the end they stopped doing them, at least for now. And we're going to be starting with what I consider to be one of the best Star Wars movies, um, not named, not called Empire Strikes Back. I'm, of course, talking about Rogue One. And just, Joe, real quick, what were your kind of thoughts initially on Rogue One? Okay, let me ask you this. What were your thoughts when you first heard that they were doing standalone Star Wars movies? Movies not related to the saga. I I was excited. um, Because it's still related to the saga. Yeah. When you you think about it. And... Mm -hmm. But I, I, you know, there was so much that we hadn't ever been had touched on. You know, we were just seeing one slim yeah. little slice of the rebellion, and yeah, I wanted to see more, and I'm glad they went mm-hmm. that way. It definitely made it happy, you know, a better thing for me. Um, you know, when we talk yeah. about the other one, we'll talk about the other one. But as far as Rogue One, outstanding film. Oh. And the fact that they made the entire movie off of basically two lines in the opening crawl. Yep. It was, that was basically it. It was something, I think the line was, um, Rebel agents have just stolen the plans. (laughs) Yeah, that was basically it. And then they just did this whole, whole movie about how that happened. And it was just so. I think everything just came together with that movie just perfectly. Oh, absolutely. Um, it was cast perfectly, um, directed perfectly, shot perfectly. And it, we're kind of, we'll kind of get into this kind of later about the different nuances in the movie. But I think it brought a sense of realism to Star Wars. Um, which I think it brought back the... I think it brought back the realism. It kind of brought back that gritty, dirty feel that you kind of saw in the right. original movies. Oh, sorry about that background. <laughs> okay, there we go. So, yeah, it, but it yeah, did. I mean, um, definitely made it more gritty. It showed that the rebellion was able, on occasion, to stand up to the Empire. Um, you know, they've just won their first victory. 
yeah. against uh, the Imperial fleet, which is that one. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, great! One of the greatest war movies ever made. Oh yeah, I mean that was just, and that's it. Brought the war back into Star Wars, right? For me, um, and it showed you know that. And when we talk about the next movie, we talk about Solo. I mean, you even saw little bits of that in Solo in that movie too. But right now, we're not, that's for next week. Spoiler. Give me a week to get ready for that. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, the, you know, right off the bat, but Han, is, all, Han is shorter it, and, and, and Chewie's chubby. But yeah. Back, back to Rogue One. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, but it also showed that the rebellion was, wasn't the squeaky clean didn't have the squeaky clean image that you kind of see in movies, you know, like a new hope or empire strikes back or anything like that, you know, um, that there was some gray to it and that it wasn't unified. Right. It took a while. There for, were for them to be, that battle is what unified them really um, is the way I look. Yeah. At it. And it, yeah. Uh, oh, lost my train of thought there for a moment. Um, it, it had to show some of the grittiness, and that they were willing to do what it was going to take. Yeah, to win to win freedom exactly. for the galaxy. Yeah, and and that's where Rogue One, once they became a team, were just phenomenal. What it takes, you know, Cassian mm -hmm. had done that already. Now the whole team will. Yeah. Well, and to show that, you know, even at the beginning, you know, that he wasn't above, Cassian wasn't above, you know, killing his own people. Yeah, well, yeah, to... his own informant there, he just wipes yeah. out that. Well, yeah, yeah. you're not going to tell them what you just told me, so. <laughs> you're, you're not going to talk to the stormtroopers, just, just so you know. Yeah, and... You keep going out. I, I think the one knock. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there you go. Hello? Hello. Can you hear me? Hello there. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Sorry. That was, that sorry. was the worst impression I've ever heard. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, um anyway well we're um, not gonna have any trouble on the imperial side thought, figuring no. out the fake obi-wans <laughs> uh, but yeah i was uh i i loved the battle scene uh, especially you know when all the fighters and everybody mm. start coming into it Flip it out of hyperspace and oh yeah that the imperial commanders of the two star destroyers on watch are like oh the rebel fleet's here. Well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> Lodge fighters. <laughs> We're outgunned at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although they outgunned them in fighters. Mm -hmm. When they started showing the launch of the ties. And, you know, we got a lot more of the technology, too, for, for A New Hope there. Yeah. Well, I think you also kind of saw 
like you get a little bit of a glimpse of just how powerful the empire is and like empire strikes back but i think this really showed just how you know this showed the true true strength of the empire just like how massive they were right and you how know powerful they put out their distress call and before you knew it star, star destroyers were popping in from all over including oh, vader and his little task force you know i love the effect they have now of the ships coming out of hyperspace the, how they uh, just like boom and they're there yeah the the uh, you you get the glimpse of them traveling towards you at the end of as they're coming out of hyperspace and then they're just yeah. there they're just there yeah 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 it's, an it's awesome... not like that slow thing where you see them coming in it's just like boom they're like oh crap yeah it's mostly yeah. a combat dropout <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of what i what i saw it as and they use it a little bit in they started using that in rebels too um the the tv series of that kind of showing the ships coming out of hyperspace, which I thought was kind of a neat little continuity, uh, uh, keeping continuity there with that. Um, but anyway, um, well, let's talk a little bit about some of the characters that we have in Rogue One. And um, let's start with the, I guess you could say, the protagonist of Jyn Erso. And kind of her story and her kind of being the reluctant rebel. Definitely At least the reluctant initially. rebel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't because she had this love for the Empire. It's just... I see, I see in a lot of ways, I see kind of similarities between her and Luke. Um, but in different ways, I think with Luke... He couldn't it wait to get into Luke, the fight. Yeah, but he could wait. But at the same time, I think he kind of saw it as like, yeah, I'd love to, but I'm stuck here. So far away. Yeah, um, so far away. You know, uh, how did he put it? The um, if if you if there's a bright center to the galaxy, where this where the fur place furthest from it. Yeah. You know, um, whereas with Jin, it was not my fight. You know, yeah, it, it was, was just everybody leave me alone. I want to hide and do my thing. And yeah, uh, and dang it, they caught me stealing. And now I'm in this darn prison transport. Yeah, she just wanted to keep her keep her head down and, you know, go through life. And I think that she even had the line, you know, of if you keep your head down, you don't see the imperial flag flying. Right. She also yeah. kept the idea of gritty women, strong women in yeah. Star Wars. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Actually, as, as mm -hmm. I think it's the closest one getting to Leia's strength. Uh, um, yes, I would agree. I would yeah. agree. Um, I think that that would have been... I would love to have seen, like, even if it's a just a little short or something like that, or a, a, sto a story or something with Jen and Leia meeting and what that conversation would have been like. Because I think that would have been an interesting... I don't know if they would have gotten along too well, though. Because I think their personalities are both so strong and they're both so similar in their personalities that I think you could have seen a definite personality clash. Which would have been cool to watch. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have enjoyed that. Oh, cat oh, bite. Yeah. Oh, I'm not uh, saying I would I wouldn't have enjoyed it too. I'm just thinking that I think that would have been a uh, def- definitely a uh, a clash of personalities. Or um, they would have been best friends instantly. Because, you know, this is true too. That that's it's either one or the other sometimes with strong strong women. And mm-hmm. it could go either way with both of them. Or one of them could think the other one's great and the other one just hate her. <laughs> yeah. Which would have been kind of a funny thing to play off, too. But yeah, I would love to see somebody do a short or even an independent uh, fan flick of, of that. Yeah. Uh, Jin mm-hmm. and Leia meeting each other. Uh, I mean, with the deep, deep fake now, you can pretty much make a movie with whoever you want in it. Yeah. Even, even you know, independents or just fans who get together and want to use their iPhones. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how, how great that technology is becoming, even just the, the free ones out on the net. Mm. So we could actually um, see like, and Jen talk. Hey. So, and it oh, could happen. Evidently, Leia was there. At the uh, yeah. rebel base because she was on board, and uh, and the, we saw uh, and we saw Dad, uh, Bale, you know, mm-hmm. say, "Get me Captain Antilles in one part." Yes, he did. Yeah, and there was a lot of little, little Easter eggs. I thought that was thing. That was the first time that we saw them really doing fan service. And doing things and mentioning things that only, you know, hardcore fans of like the books or the different series would understand or would right. get um, different character names that are dropped that most people go over most people's heads. But those of us who have watched shows like The Clone Wars or Rebels would be like, oh, oh, I reckon that's oh, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. Captain Antilles. He's the one who runs Leia's frigate. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but now I want to get your thoughts on where do you rank director critic in villain as far as the villains go in Star Wars lore? Ooh. Was he a... Do you think he was a credible villain for the movie? Or... Or do you think he was just kind of there? Um, he was a credible villain. I could see in the Empire a lot of scientists who want to be more mm-hmm. important by getting military ranks. Because in the yeah. Empire, that's how you show your favor with the Emperor. You know, you're a military guy. And, now, speak- and Vader kind of put him in his place with that. Yeah. Now, one thing I would like to see a fan film of, and it's hinted at in the movie, is the relationship between Krennic and um, Jen's father. Right, because obviously um, in the beginning they were, you know, Galen. like best friends. Yeah, they even show that. They show, you know, you Over know for them, dinner. them at the apartment. Yeah, when Jin's a when Jin's a Jin's, Jin's a little girl, and it seems like they're like they're having fun, they're talking, they're so I would love I would love to see that 
story be story be told. Right. And and, and of course what caused the break mm. between them. Yeah. You know, was it Galen suddenly getting, you know, the moral high ground? Or was it just that the the, the Death Star frightened him so much as a weapon? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if they talk, I don't know if they go into it in the Rogue One book, novel, but I would think that would probably be part of it. I think that it was a, you know, such strong political differences and what they believed in. And, you know, it could be the fact that like a lot of people, um, yeah, a lot of imper- a lot of former Imperials, they became so disillusioned. You know, they thought that the Empire was going to be one thing and then they see it turning out to be something else. And, um, you know, throughout Legends and all through Star Wars, you know, even now canon, there's all kinds of stories of former Imperial generals and admirals and captains who defect, you know, who at one time were very strong supporters of the, of the, of the New Order. Um, uh, 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 the Empire. The Empire. Well, I Palpatine's order. Um, right. That's what I meant when I say the Empire. His new order. His not the first order. The the original new order. Right. Um, it was also very nice to see they, on screen the confirmation of where Vader's palace was. Oh yes. What was most finally yes yes because it's been in it's been in different books. Uh, there was talk of one on Coruscant in one of the books, uh, but to actually mm-hmm. get to see it on Mustafar, um, where it helps him channel his anger, I'm sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and seeing him in the tank and seeing the you know right the full back to tank seeing Vader, yeah yeah in, in a full to back, seeing back Vader. to tank. And, and seeing mm-hmm. the Imperial Guardsmen there to protect him while he was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And but, I'm sure to keep an eye on him, too. Oh, no, not necessary. He was a great guy. I'm sure. Well, I'm not saying he wasn't, but, you know, you know, it's uh, I'm sure old pal, old Uncle Palpy was, you know, not, you know, I'm sure he had every. You know, I'm sure he was keeping an eye on Vader. I'm sure he was, you know, making sure that his uh, loyal apprentice was staying loyal. Yeah. On my recording desk here, I only have two decorations. One's a statue of Vader and one's an Imperial uh, TIE fighter, the Interceptor class. Mm -hmm. And other than, yeah. And then other than all of the soundproofing, the only thing on the wall is one of the original um, release photos from Star Wars of Darth Vader Ooh. in the black and white. Uh, it's the only thing hanging on the wall besides soundproofing. Ooh. Yeah, th- those are hard to find now. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'd love to have got all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, how what did you think of Rogue One's kind of take and how they used Vader? I think it was about time. Yeah. Uh, Vader is the badass Sith Lord Super Jedi. Uh, mm-hmm. They showed more of things Anakin was doing in the prequels mm. as, a, as a Jedi than yeah. they had shown what Vader could do. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I love uh, episode five. Mm. Absolutely love it. Empire Strikes Back. I thought yeah. still looked too clumsy fighting against Luke. Yeah. And they got rid of that in Rogue One, which to me made sense. He's going to learn how through the force and everything to use that armor to his advantage. And mm-hmm. when he's boarding the rebel ship, he is showing that. Yeah. What, but what I liked is they still, even though they kind of updated it and, you know, showed him doing more stuff. And like you said, basically being a badass. He st- it still didn't take away from the Vader that we first saw. Like, it still had that menacing feel to it. And that you can still tell, oh, yeah, this is Vader's fighting style. Right. This is how Vader, you know, it wasn't like he was doing flips and, you know, bouncing off the walls and doing all this other stuff. It was like, oh, yeah, no, this is this is Vader. This is still Vader. Yeah. Um. But oh yeah, that that hallway scene is just just freaking great. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, long live the empire, go Darth. Um, <laughs> being our local imperial agent that I am. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean it was fantastic, and that's where you got to see more grit of the rebels, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. When he couldn't get the door open, he just handed it. Says, "Take it, take it, run." Yeah, you know, knowing what was going to happen. Right. Yeah. And the other thing was tech-wise that I caught in the whole movie. Uh, mm. Okay, you had the plans to the Death Star for years. Yeah. But when actually building it, the engineering didn't work. And you had mm. to bring in people like Galen. Yes. To make it work. Or to mm-hmm. make the changes that were needed to make it work which is how he's able to sneak in a little unopposed vent on the surface. Um, but yeah, you know, he was there to, to basically make the weapons work. Yeah. So, you know, you go back, okay, and it's just as true with anything. Okay, somebody can design something on, on paper, uh, but when the engineers actually go to build it, they're going to go, yeah, that's not going to work. Um, no. Yeah. Oh, that that looks great. Yeah, no. Or put it together that way and go and you know turn it on and it fries itself. Um, so yeah. that was that was nice. They showed that, um, which is why mm-hmm. they needed Galen so much. They could not get the weapon to work without him. The planet killers. Yeah. And uh, you know another little Easter egg. Oh, that's why he was so important. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what are some of the other one thing I, I want to talk a little bit about was what's that? 
I was gonna say what other uh, for me a lot of them were a lot of them were stuff that was if you were a fan of rebels um the the show rebels they sh- uh they name dropped uh general Sindula, who was one of the main characters on the show and was captain of the ship the ghost um so that was the first thing they actually show the ghost and they show the little R4 droid that they had uh chopper um so those were like the four those were the three big ones that fans of the show rebels noticed right away were the name drop of uh Harrison Dula and then showing the ghost um which also tied into the final season of rebels where you see them actually go to um uh Yavin and you see how you see them setting up the base on ya on you actually see them setting up the base on Yavin. So that was kind of a cool little oh, that um, is cool. Easter egg and little kind of nod to the fandom, you know, that oh, you know, these these other shows that we watch, these cartoons that we've a lot of us have been watching for a while now. Oh, those are canon. You know, that right. it was cool to see the those things kind of be brought into the real world, so to speak. And you know, kind of a little nod, like, "Hey, okay, these these characters do actually exist, and they're not just you know, just in the in the cartoons." Um, so that was really kind of cool. Um, and then, of course, the uh, seeing uh, Red Five, right, and realizing that that's well, he's not going to be around very spot. long. Yeah, that's why there was an open yeah. spot for Luke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think the only thing they could have done better uh, there is if they had made sure that we knew um, or made one of them his buddy. Uh, Unfortunately, they couldn't because, you know, history has him on Tatooine basically when that battle's happening. Yeah, yeah. As I posted on our uh, Facebook the other day. Mm-hmm. Showing, yeah. showing Luke talking to Biggs. So Biggs was on Tatooine. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was the how the force is kind of portrayed and this idea of that it wasn't just the Jedi on the Sith, that there were these other, I guess you could call them denominations or force-based yeah well, well like not just sensitives but you had other belief systems you had other other ways of people kind of viewed the force and kind of you thought of it and used it other than just a jedi you know when you have uh um Baze and chet i think that's your i think that's i can never remember how you cheering right but they were with the jedi mm-hmm. they were temple we're... guards mm-hmm. that gets See, i thought they were i they were temple guards really i always thought doesn't they necessarily were, uh, mean they were jedi yeah but they definitely had a had a link to the force and and uh you know somebody said something about it close to being the last of the temp, old temple guard for there mm-hmm. on jedi See, I thought they were uh, Guardians of the Wills. I thought they followed the Wills. I thought that was kind of like their 
um, link to it, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, One with the force, the force is with me. Force is with me. Yes. And again, there's a, and I know you haven't watched um, Clone Wars, but there's a nice little callback in the final season of Clone Wars where the character of Ahsoka starts, uses that, that kind of uses that mantra um, at one point in it. So again, kind of a cool little callback and a cool little um, thing that wasn't just, you know, that was something that other Jedi would have, might have used as far as being a little, a mantra. Right. Um, uh, and they, also, you know, similar all the way through the whole thing is yeah, the force will be with you always, or the best scene of that that's similar to that mantra is Vader. Um, the force is with you, young Skywalker, but you are not a Jedi yet. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that line. Um, but I also like Baze's kind of crisis of faith that he's having. Whereas it seems like Chiet is still kind of believes and still is kind of holding that, you know, the faith strong. Uh, Baze is kind of almost the opposite. He's kind of become jaded to it. And, you know, I, so I thought there was a really neat, interesting dynamic, but also the relationship between those two was, I thought was really cool too. Yeah. Um, and how they work together. Yeah, such old friends that nothing was ever going to get in between that. Oh, yeah. And even such such old friends that they were able to overcome each other's weaknesses and kind of counterbalance it. You know, he was his eye. Baze was Chet's eyes. Right. In a lot of time, a lot of and, times, even and, though there's several times where he didn't need eyes. And stop, <laughs> you're going to get me killed. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Rogue One, um, best of the standalones. Um, yes, definitely. It, you know, it reminds me of the war movies made in the era of, of the great war movies, Midway, Tora, 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 just Midway. Yeah, Midway gives you the story um, up front and then the huge battle. Yes, yeah. And then um, to have the battle not disappoint. That's what I was worried about the first yeah. time I watched well, it. I, Go ahead. And we were talking talk about the, uh, the war movie. I even loved how they had the rebel soldiers dressed. Like, that looks something straight out of, like, a... Uh, a World War, like you said, a World War II movie, or even a Vietnam movie, even the even to the helmets. The helmets look right. like like actual military, you know, like something the Marines would be wearing when they're storming the beaches. Yeah, back in the or, day. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, you know, George took a lot of that that stuff from history to to use as far as oh, props yeah. and weapons. Oh yeah, he uh, used. Mm-hmm. Well, you even know, a, the uh, a lot the, of uh, the, go ahead. Oh, even a lot of the uh, the dog fighting scenes from A New Hope were taken directly from footage from gun cameras from fighter planes during the Battle of Britain. Yeah, yeah, 
and other you know other World War II. So oh yeah, that's nothing new. And a lot of their props were World War II uh, rifles and pistols turned into blasters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know he definitely had the eye back there, and it looks like maybe Disney's going to follow that now. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping. So, yeah, one can hope. So I'm I'm still a little um, nervous about the new standalones when they finally do start rolling them out, or or the new. Well, um, we'll talk about we'll we'll talk about that uh, next week um, when we talk about the solo movie and kind of where where Disney dropped the ball if they did and you know what can be done with that but for right now one thing I also want to kind of hit on was and I kind of hit this at the beginning of the rebellion not being unified at that time and you even had groups and splinter groups that even the rebels looked at and thought were too extreme and of course, I'm talking about Saul Guerrero's uh, partisans, right? You know, where you had a group that even even the the alliance, the Rebel Alliance, kind of looked, you know, Mon Mothman and her group kind of looked at and said, "That's too extreme." Yeah, we're not going to cross that and, line. Yeah, you know, where, and it's been kind of I've heard this debated a lot of places where. You almost get the feeling that if Saul would have won, he would just would have set himself up as another dictator. You would have been, you know, basically um Well, yeah, his attitude the... was if if you're manufacturing something for the empire, then you're just as guilty as they are and we'll blow you up too. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Not taking into well, account. Well, he wasn't afraid to subjugate. Yeah, and he wasn't afraid to, you know, in his mind, yeah, if if a few innocents get killed, well, that's just too bad. You know, casualties will happen. Right. Whereas, you know, the Mon Mothma, you know, they kind of tried to go out of their way. They tried to make it a an actual war, you know, where it's like, you know, combatant versus combatant. And, you know, instead of, like, doing what, you know, the uh, the partisans were doing, which was ter- basically terrorist attacks. Right. Um, right. But, and having collateral damage and not worrying about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, what did you think of uh, Forrest Whitaker's kind of portray- uh, portrayal of Saul? That was probably the weakest character, I thought, in the movie. Um, mm. They built him up, you know, looking for him and everything else. And I, I was just kind of disappointed because, for one, they killed him off so fast. Oh, we finally yeah. get to, to Saul and, oh, he's dead. What? Um, well, I think one thing that would help you help and kind of, you know, with your kind of getting into the Saul character is if you see his arc through... The Clone Wars and in Rebels, where you see how he kind of became so jaded, how he fought in the Clone Wars to help the uh, help the Republic, and he sees his sister killed, and how that kind of jades him and kind of helps him, you know, eventually become the man he will become. 
through it. So I think, you know, watching that arc definitely kind of gives you a different perspective on Saul instead of just like, oh, he looks like, you know, he looks like Darth Vader without the armor. Right. And unfortunately, that's going to be, what, 75% of the people who saw the film. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, most adults um, haven't seen either of the Rebels cool. or... Or Clone Wars. Yeah. Or Clone Wars, you know. Um, they've just seen... I mean, I still find it fascinating when I find people that all they've ever seen are the movies. And, yeah. and every once in a while, somebody who goes, what's Star Wars? It's like, where have you been forever? I know. Wait, have you been, like, on some distant island somewhere? Are you... Are you from that island where they shoot arrows at you if you get close to them? Is that where you? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I think I that's just... the only place where they haven't seen. Uh, did Did your parents think that the nuclear war was going to happen and put you all in the bomb shelter? And you just came up? Because <laughs> I don't know how you could have missed that. Yeah. And yeah, grabbing the little oxygen thing, that got annoying after a few minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, I get kind of where they needed, I think they needed something to tie, I don't know if tie everything together or they needed a reason for like all the different, like the, like the pilot, the, um, I think his name was Rook. Yeah, and, he was great. Oh yeah. The, the former Imperial pilot. Oh Yeah. Yeah. So they needed a reason. They needed to show just, you know, they needed an escape scene with them getting off Jetta. And they also needed a a reason for Jen to finally agree to help them and to do what she eventually would do. Right. And I think that's kind of where Saw uh Forrest Whitaker's character kind of fit in there was he was that catalyst of like, oh, this is someone from my past who knew my parents. Um, you know, and then of course seeing the 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 hollow mess the hollow message that she, that he sent to her there was um, was pretty cool. Now yeah, I, I think that almost made Saul think, okay, my fight's over. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what it what it was. You see, even at the end, you know, he kind of, you know, gives up and is, you know, welcoming death. Yeah, with open arms, realizing that, you know, the fight is now in the hands of someone else, right? Who will also be dead within, you know, a few days, in real time. But oh well. Yeah, um, let's go to the Imperial pilot. Excellent yes. characterization. Great way to build him mm -hmm. up. And I loved yeah. how he was Galen's buddy. Which is yeah. why he did it. Yeah. Exactly. And it showed that, you know, not every, you know, not everyone who was with working for the Empire or the Indian Empire that was a pilot was a TIE fighter pilot. You know, right. he was a freighter pilot. That just yeah. happened to be under contract. Yeah, flew that. Thing yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, how that's kind of how I see it was. 
What's that? I was going to say, how'd you see it? <laughs> I saw it as he was basically, you know, he was under contract. The Empire hired him to do a job and said, okay, you're working for us now. Yeah, and... Possibly, but they gave him the shuttle because it was yeah. definitely an Imperial shuttle. Um, yeah. I loved how he worked with the, with the uh, combat troops mm-hmm. to get what he needed. Um, and even his reaction when he died was great when he saw the grenade bounce in. Oh. You know, it was just like, ah, shit. <laughs> Thought I was going to get out of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was a lot that could have been done. Um, now, of course, you have my favorite character, K2SO. Oh. <laughs> great guy. Oh. Yes. Uh, Alan Turdick, Trudick, again, I'm horrible Tudic. pronouncing. Trudick. Awesome performance. Just, just so, so hilarious. The one-liners are just... You, you're being rescued. Congratulations. Please do not resist. <laughs> yeah, please do not resist. Um, um, how come she gets a blaster? <laughs> Or, or where he did the whole, you know, the, the odds line. They're high. Oh, yeah. Very high. <laughs> yeah. He just was perfect. He was the comic relief while still being cool compared to three. Cool. Kids. And yeah, the dry humor. It wasn't the over the top like you saw with Jar Jar or other characters that we've seen. It was just dry. Um, yes, these are my prisoners. <laughs> What, Shut up. what he smacks, <laughs> yes, what he smacks Cassian. Yeah, that was great. Sorry about that. I thought it was more realistic. <laughs> it does the look that Cassian gives him when he does that. And it's like, ow, you hit me. Mm-hmm. Just, just uh, point me in the right direction to take them. <laughs> or the, uh, hello, Cassian says we should be friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Alan Tudyk is great. He's a great voice actor. Yes. He's a great actor. Um, yeah. You know, I've loved most everything he's been in. So that was a great catch to get him in there for that. Smart move. But why don't we talk mm-hmm. about the big guy himself now, Cassian? Oh, yes. I mean, the consummate rebel. Yeah, rebel's rebel. Yes. Um, it, and, but once he puts his faith in you, it's all in. All in, yeah. All so, right. uh, you know, he was like 007 with Indiana Jones and a mix of a serial killer or two in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And again, I mean, great portrayal. Oh, yeah. By uh, Diego Luna. And... I'm really looking forward to the Cassian and Cassian and or series that they that they're doing. Right. That that's um, going to be classic. That um, is going to be really that's going to be really really good. And, and and that's what I've been seeing a lot of going on on the trade in the trade magazines and such now is uh, they're actually thinking that for Star Wars to live, Disney has to really concentrate on its streaming platform and the television shows. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Before it tries for um, another big movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think they need to wait. And I think that's kind of what it looks like the plan is, is to wait at least two more years, I think, before they do another movie. If I remember correctly. I think they're out to 2023 now. 2022 or 2023 before they come up with the next movie, which I think is a good, is a good plan. You know, right. just really focus on the TV series, get a couple of streaming series under their belt, you know, see. Which we how... may not get until 2021 now. Mm-hmm. Because of all of this. Yeah. Corona lockdown. Yes. Um, you know, I just, you know, like my production company just shut down right now. We're not doing anything. Um, I just saw a thing, an article with Casper Van Dien. Uh, he got a part and he was saying, yeah, I have to go two weeks before they lock. They're going to lock me up in a hotel room with no contact with other people for two weeks. Then have me take all the tests before they allow me on set. And I was like, wow, I'm glad your production could afford to, you know, two weeks in a hotel and <laughs> all of that. But it, you yeah. know, that's, that's the few that are actually starting to film stuff again. Um, the drastic measures, uh, John Mm Rhys-Davies has been told they can't get him insured because of COVID-19, because of his age. So, you know, they're worried about him just, you know, dying from it and then the insurance company having to pay off. So they're saying no. Um, It's it's really slowing things down. And if Disney is smart, they should they would go ahead and push the movies back so they can get good two years of streaming in Mm -hmm. first. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and this is kind of off subject, but we kind of talked about this. Do you think this is a... I'm surprised that they haven't tried pushing more animated stuff. Because uh, I think that would be a way that... Because um, you, you can get your... You can do your actors and, you know, with enough... With this, the way, you know, even home studio recordings can be now... You can have your voice act, your voice actors record stuff from home, right? And then, you know, do everything offsite and not necessarily have to have everyone like a big studio production. So, I'm wondering if you're start saying if you'll if this goes on any longer, if you'll start you know hearing rumblings of more animated stuff because I think that would be a a, well, a way to go that you could you know save uh, money and save. Oh, you're not saving money. Um, no. animators cost a lot of money too. Um, yeah. but I find it interesting that as star Wars is ending its animation stuff for, mm-hmm. for it, that star Trek just launched one. I uh, yes, Yes. I saw that lower decks. Uh, yeah. haven't had a chance to watch any of it yet. Yeah. But... I haven't had a chance either. I'm hearing good stuff about it. I, um, ha- I am too. There's those few people that. Um, it's kind of the same people that, you know, knock on the new move, Star Wars kind of people that knock on the new Star Wars movie, anything new they don't like. Um, right. But anyway, this isn't the Star Trek show though. Uh, no, but I just found it interesting as Star Wars is winding it down. Star Trek's bringing it back. Yeah. And, and Star Trek hadn't done it in a long time. Oh no, not since the animated series. So do you think that that might give Disney a little kick in the pants and say, Hey, there's being very successful with that. Should we go ahead and start working on a new animation? Possible. Yeah. I mean, 
it's 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 possible, and they have the people to do it. I mean, it's Disney. Um, yeah, it's Disney. Um, and even with Star Wars, they have got you know Dave Filoni, who basically created uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right there, you have someone who knows Star Wars, knows animation, and yeah, I mean his Filoni's. Um, he goes all the way back to Nickelodeon. Right. You know, he did Avatar and a bunch of others, too. So, yeah, he's someone and who knows. Does it seem like Disney's been trying to get out of the animation business to you? With all these live-action remakes of their classics? Yeah. I, now that you mention it, it does seem kind of weird that they're, that they're doing that, you know. But, yeah, because they're not nearly as good as the originals. No. Uh, the animated no. versions. Um, it, it just seems like they just don't want to do it for the kids anymore. Yeah. Which is a shame because that's kind of where Disney, that's, you know, when I think Disney, that's what I think of is, you know, the kid as kids. Right. You know, <clears throat> and even the parks have gotten that way. The star Wars experiences seem tailored more to adults than kids. Yeah. Um, the food, the drinks, I mean, actually being able to get alcohol in the cantinas and such. Um, it just seems like they've taken a strange path away from their their uh, roots, and I'm afraid that's going to hurt Star Wars in the long run. And I think they got mm-hmm. lucky with the home run on Rogue One. But they need to listen to people who are more Star Wars oriented. Instead of just firing people or leaving somebody in charge who has no idea what Star Wars is about. Exactly. Exactly. I won't say her name. But well, talking about. <laughs> well, that well, puts us right think, about fifty minutes. Um, yeah. Think we should call a show. I think I think that sounds like a good plan. Uh, Joe, why don't you tell the fine people out there where they can find you at? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Joe Cahill, Director, Producer, or Steamhouse Entertainment. And also the same thing over on um, Instagram and Twitter. And you can always reach me here at War of the Stars. And uh, soon you'll be able to reach me at a, a show called One Crit Wonders. So please check out all the websites on Facebook and everything else. Sounds fun. All right. As always, you can get a hold of us through our email, which is warofthestars1 at gmail.com. It is all, that is also our Twitter handle. If you want to uh, uh, send us a tweet on the big, on the old Twitter machine, uh, Facebook group, War of the Stars. As always, you can hear us wherever fine podcasts are heard. We're on Spotify, Pandora Radio, uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, you name it, just type in, just go to wherever you, you listen to your podcast, type in World of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. We should pop up right away. Uh, oh, if you want can, to... can we mention the other thing coming up? Oh, are you talking about Force Fest? Yes, I think we probably should be getting some information out about that. Yes, yes. Uh, I will be putting links on the Facebook group page to how to get get there. Just go to the easiest way that I know how to do it right now, and we'll get more information next week. Uh, we're going to be going to a 
little seminar that's going to show us how to do it. But just go to getvocal.com and search ForceFest, and we are on the content creator page. So the big news is, is we got into Force, we got picked that? for ForceFest. So the big news is we got picked for ForceFest. Our, our show did. Yes. And we will be hosting a panel um, for ForceFest yes. online. Yes, that's back, that's back the big news. <laughs> yes. Um, it's going to be Friday the 29th. And let me verify the time. Yes, we're on the content creator stage. And our show is going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Standard. That is Eastern Standard Time. So that's going to be 6 Central, 5 Mountain, 4 Pacific. Uh, I think I got time. all day. That's right. Prime time. Um, and the show is going to be the fall of one Anakin Skywalker. So, like I said, just go to Get Vocal. That is G O T. G E T V O K A L. No, it's G-E-T-V-O-K-L. Um, there's an app. You just download the app and, and, like I said, just search Force Fest and find us there. But that will be on Friday the 29th. And, of course, next week we will be doing the show as normal. And hopefully we'll have a full crew. Um, if you want to support the show, you can send us uh, you can do so through either through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars, or just go to the anchor.fm uh, forward slash War of the Stars and click on the support tab right then and there, and you can do it that way. Uh, so a lot of big stuff coming up in the next few weeks, and we hope to see you all there joining us. And again... Uh, before I start rambling too much, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you.